Everybody, welcome back to the Whistling in the Dark podcast. This is episode 47. Today is Sunday, January 7th, 2020. I'm Patrick Bradley, your host, and I have back again Adam Steele. Hey, Pat. Good to be here. <laughs> How's it going? Good, good. good. Uh, so, so, the 100 years of news happening every day, so... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's literally an infinite amount to to talk about. The question is, will anybody care in two months? Right. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, hopefully you've learned your lesson as far as like trying to research something too much as you did with the COVID. Right. I I really should, you know, because this direction of the public is going to change so quickly. Uh, Yeah. I think I'm just going to go ahead and persist trying to learn things. I don't know. I just can't can't get away from it. Yeah. Uh, How about um, the, well, I mean, I would say that they are pretty consistent with racism. You know, <laughs> That's true. It is a theme that, that carries through. Yeah. And uh, maybe we'll, maybe we'll get to that. I thought first though, that maybe what we do is talk about, uh, so the riots have been ongoing. Um, I wouldn't say there's been much breakthrough in terms of like where, what next steps look like. Uh, but something that I did like that I saw, at least at first, was like some concrete proposals, which is like a criticism I leveled last week. Yeah. That like there was no leadership of the riots and there wasn't anything concrete. Now, after the podcast, I looked into it a little bit. There wasn't anything formal. But since then, there at least is something out. This uh, eight can't wait. Uh, so if you want to go to the website, it's eight can't wait dot org. Yeah. And basically, it's at least something because you have here a list of. Well, first you have some platitudes uh, and then some sort of vague stuff, but you actually do have eight concrete suggestions. So I thought maybe we could uh, step through those and I could get your view on them and you can hear mine. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. I I saw them as well. And uh, I mean, I probably have. Well, we'll we'll get through my my main comment is more the. it it's commentary on all of them collectively it's actually not really about sure. any specific one but yeah we can okay i was thinking maybe uh well whatever uh, yeah we can read them all and i don't know i don't know if we want to go through you want to go through each one or do you have some well i'll, I'll pick out i'll pick out some delectable some, right. uh highlights right. good, good, <laughs> okay good. so so you know, we'll just dispense with the ones that are unobjectionable this idea that demilitarization of of police sounds like a good one. I mean, basically the threats that the police are answering in no way seem like they would need something like an MRAP, you know? So the idea that local police departments are going to have military uh, grade equipment, it does seem like it's, it's not useful. It seems like a waste of money and it's like needlessly antagonistic and it doesn't seem to really help them do their job as far as I've ever seen anybody say. Like no one's ever said, we really need this MRAP because there's a lot of IEDs in Texas. Yeah. Uh, 
And there was uh there was a video going around at, about uh tanks being stolen in East Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> I don't actually know if it, that I, we, I a number of my friends have tried to figure out if it's actually happened but um yeah n- nonetheless and that's um th- I mean that's a result of like specific um legislation as well right there was something a while ago that congress passed that said they would sell this equipment to police departments i don't know which way like was it a pull or a push like was the federal government saying you should take this and giving really great deals on it or or what i mean they still have to pay something for it so yeah i mean if i was running the department i would ask like do we need this thing but yeah one of the just another gift of of uh 9-11 i think <laughs> yes it, it stems from, came from there on so i don't actually see that on the site it's uh, so at the very at the very top there's three like general topics immediate harm reduction comprehensive oh, community safety and abolition okay so yeah. technically so, so demilitar- like, that's like the least objectionable right. thing here but technically demilitarization is not part of the eight can't wait no, it is not. <laughs> Cause, yeah, because that would be like so that, actually good and simple. Like it's pretty straightforward, right? Like, hey, no tanks for the police. Right. It would be a very specific request, but it's like it's weird how they. It's like on the one hand, I say, well, these are specific things, but on the other, it's like before we tell you the eight specific things, we're going to talk about yeah. these other really vague things. Yeah. But also mix in specifics. So. Uh, but of course, there are some crazy things on here, or at least things that don't seem, in my view, to be related to what's really going on, like pay living wages. I mean, this is just a classic example of left-wing people <laughs> shoveling, shoveling in like their wish list to like and, yeah. and something that has like some social push right now. So it's like I understand that you think higher minimum wages would be good. I think that they would be bad. But what it has to do with uh, George Floyd is escaping me. Yeah, yeah. Like, Uh, maybe he didn't even want, maybe he was like a capitalist, you know? (laughs) He didn't want high minimum wages. Like, it's crazy. And and to do it now, too, when we're facing record levels of unemployment, like, you might be able to get me to agree that when we're at full employment, raising this doesn't have a huge effect. Maybe Mm -hmm. I'll go down that road with you, even though I probably think that you're wrong in the end. But we're talking about, we could have, you know, 15 20% unemployment mm-hmm. then you're going to raise the minimum wage that's just crazy yeah yeah right right i mean you got to like allow people to hire for whatever they can mm-hmm. <clears throat> so let's do one more of these vague ones it was uh fully defund police now <laughs> i've tried to understand what this was and I've had it explained to me by some people, but Pat, I want you to explain this to me first. What does that mean? <laughs> well, first, right, on the surface, it's like, holy shit, yes, you've done it. Like, yeah. <laughs> right? Well, I don't know if right. you're like a full bore anarchist. No, but, no, no. Uh, I, I thought the same thing when yeah. I first thought. I was like, maybe they're really coming yeah. around that they want a private police force. Yeah. No, Pat, that's not what this is. Yeah. So, what's your second best idea? <laughs> yeah, I think they want to like have more like crossing guards and stuff like that and social workers or something mm-hmm. i think that's the i the idea is all the the sort of community support they want to put more money there now mm-hmm. i didn't actually realize that it was 
fully defund the police, which fully. I I mean that it's definitely that's ending the police. You're not going to have pro bono. <laughs> it's like volunteer force. fire department. Right, you yeah, volunteer yeah. police. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe, Maybe there would be a few, but right. I I mean the the thing about the fire department is that, like these are guys who maintain a high degree of readiness, but are not like active all the time like the fire department doesn't go out on patrols constantly looking for fires they wait for one to happen and they go and they put it out Mm -hmm. um yeah so and i mean really the same we still could you know we i i think this uh I mean, this would I, definitely private police would would come. Like, definitely, like people yes. would be like, "Oh shit!" And then, so hey, I mean, I guess if you had another one that that I would, I'm sure that the path that they are navigating in their minds to get to this place and the path that I am are like <laughs> completely yeah. unrelated. Um, but do you, Pat? Let me ask you something. Do you think they would? along with this proposed loosening up the gun control laws in these metropolitan centers so that people could, you know, defend themselves in the absence of an armed police force. Because the argument has been up until this point, nobody needs these weapons. You can just call the police to protect you. Yeah. I mean, it kind of doesn't matter if there's no police anymore. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. So you figured it out. And then if I don't pay my property taxes... Who's going to yeah, come get me? Nobody. Yeah. It's just like. Nobody. Right. Like the government without the law enforcement arm is uh, pretty neutered. It's, it's volunteerist. Yeah. So, you know, this is really, I've, things are trending your way. If you only had this webpage to go by, you would think things were going great. Yeah. I. And, and honestly, it's not a. This is like not a strategy I have ever even really considered. I never thought about this saying like, all right, I got to try. Like I've been doing this podcast for, I think like more than a year and a half, maybe going on two years, you know, coming up on 50 episodes. And I've definitely spent a lot of time thinking about how to communicate these ideas. Is there any way to like make the voluntarist message uh, you know, at all consumable for a normal person. Not once did I think maybe I should lead with the police. Just get rid of police. But yes. I, I, it's, I mean, <laughs> I feel like we're you were not thinking big enough, Pat. You should have led with just remove all the police. Yeah. And to get there, you should have also burned down the city. Right. right. Yeah. Because that, that would convince people. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. This is. Uh, it's it's kind of brilliant. Okay. So there we go. So we're on board pretty much with the A Can't uh, Wait. Pretty much on board. Well, the precursor but to the, uh, the precursor. The now, the A Can't the A Can't Wait itself. Like plenty of these are are good. These are a lot of these are really good suggestions. So they should be at the top of the page. So here they are: ban chokeholds and strangleholds. Um, we've seen a number of incidents where you know pres- I think presumably the police were not trying to kill someone, and yet these resulted in someone dying. Mm-hmm. So, on first blush, this seems uh, something that's very supportable. Uh, but you have to keep in mind that if they don't use that kind of technique to restrain someone, they're going to use another one. Right. And so the question is, is the alternative to this going to be less deadly or is it going to be chokehold or the gun is out? So, I don't know. That I, that I can't answer. Yeah. Um, but... <clears throat> I don't have a specific problem with, like, say, the stats say 
these moves are there are alternatives to these like 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 joint locks and things like this that don't result in people dying it seems like a pretty good idea what about you yeah it's hard to care a lot uh i mean i feel like one of the and this isn't my really my overall issue with it but it's in general all of these things that are trying to put these kind of different rules of engagement I mean, the the bottom line is, though, like, the laws don't really apply to them. Like, it's just not the same, you know? Well, that's, of course, that's the important point, because it's like, if, let's say they, the, wish, the wish occurs, and every single one of these is adopted in every single city, and then the police continue to use, do one or more of these things. Yeah. I mean, the police it, still police themselves, basically. Like, we're not, you know... I mean, well, sort of. I mean, from time to time, they are brought up on charges. I mean, the, the, I thought you were going to make a different point, which is like, if you look at like Rodney King, like the, he was beaten savagely and there was no riots after that. The police were charged and they had a trial. And then they got after off. the officer after the officers were acquitted. That's when the riots started. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. So, so it, it uh, for whatever reason, and, and for that particular case, I don't remember whether they were like overcharged, whether the prosecutors did a bad job, or whether the jury just didn't care about this guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the fact of the matter is, they decided these guys did, shouldn't be punished for it. So and I, it was already and it was already illegal to hit guy with sticks, you know, yeah. fifty times while he's on the ground. So I learned one interesting thing this week from a friend of mine uh, regarding this stuff. And I I don't know if this is just limited to Georgia. I can imagine, you know, different states are different. But I would also imagine that since cops get away with murder in all the states, they probably all have some weird way that it's very different for police than for a civilian when, you know, somebody gets killed. And uh, my friend had been, he's did jury duty for a while, um, where it, it was like he would was on a jury the same jury did a number of cases in, in like grand jury stuff yes um, i've heard of that. so they mm-hmm. did a bunch of i guess it was mainly I, yeah i guess these were separate events so the grand jury when you're on a grand jury it's it's actually a period of time and you hear that i guess the evidence or the argument to you know have a trial for a number of cases so Basically, mm-hmm. you have um, it's the grand jury, the judge, and then I guess the the prosecuting attorney, you know, whatever whoever that would be, and that's it. And and it's just yeah. to say, like, yeah, I think maybe a crime might have been committed. So, mm-hmm. but for police, they they get to come into the grand jury and argue their case. Yes, and he said, I think he said he saw nine. Uh, police, you know, uh, cases in in grand jury, and only one did they actually allow to go to trial. And yeah, he said it's just it's just not the same thing. I mean, you, it, it's just completely different. You 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 know, actually are already hearing this person's side of the story, and you know, mm-hmm. it's super effective. <laughs> so yeah. i mean that's you know like that's not in here that would seem like one thing to to change like no police arguing their case to a grand jury well i mean the the point of the, the grand jury is it's like not there's not two sides there it's just one side arguing to get the indictment to have the trial mm-hmm. and that's that's the way it's always been 
Yeah. So, oh man. So, I mean, to me, the problem is the willingness of juries to accept bad behavior on the part of police that they would never accept on the part of civilians. Like if I, if I hit someone or fired my gun in an unsafe way, I would go to jail, but different standards apply. Right. But so, I, I, you know, you actually got caught off. Somebody called on top of you. <laughs> so I, I, I mean, I, I, I think I heard you said, but I wasn't sure what you said about the actually having the police officer come and testify at his own grand jury, you know? So, okay. So he's the one who's going, he's the yeah. one that would be indicted. Yes. I didn't. So, okay. So I, that I'd never heard of before. Yeah. I did well, not that's know that I they did that. And I mean, and this was that's interesting. From a friend of mine that had been on. Yeah. So, and, and I think that, you know, there's a lot of things like that. And it's also, you know, I, I mean, it's not I, like, obviously, like the district attorney or the judges or whatever, or they're not police, but they're kind of like their coworkers, you know, I mean, yeah. they're, they're like, they're, the thing is, is like, I think, for me, it's like I'm somebody that definitely grew up with a very negative view towards police. I I never knew any police officer personally. I just saw them like hassling my brothers and stuff like that, you know. Um whatever. I don't know. Just had no love for them. Um mm-hmm. yeah. you know, whatsoever. But as I've gotten older, you know, I, I've like softened a bit on that. Um in the sense of, I, I, yeah, go ahead. Not that, like, not of the institution of police. Like, you know, I mean, obviously, I become like a voluntarist, and I, you know, think that there's like a private solution to it. I, I don't mean that. I just mean like on a human level. I think that mm-hmm. your, you know, your average police officer is trying to deal with like bad actors how you know and so like these judges and district attorneys or whatever they maybe they've seen this guy bring you know 50 perps through there that have all done like nasty shit you know and i think you probably develop like quite a rapport that is really Mm -hmm. difficult to you know undo when they do one thing bad um, even murder and then letting them talk in front of the grand jury. Apparently it's just, that's like outrageous. Mm-hmm. That, yeah. I mean, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, if you see this guy a hundred times and every time he's the good guy and then he comes in once and he's supposed to be the bad guy, that's people yeah. are going to not behave completely objectively and like, just look at the evidence they're yeah. going to be having in the back of their mind, what they know about this person. So, yeah. but I don't, I, <laughs> Yes. Some of that makes a lot of sense. But like, I mean, if you look at Rodney King, if you look at Freddie Gray and Freddie Gray was this guy in Baltimore. I don't know if you remember this situation. He he like broke his back. Yeah, broke his back or or became broken. (laughs) Right. They put put these guys in the back of the van after they arrest him. And sometimes they don't strap them in. And Mm. the allegation was that this was called a rough ride. Like they're intentionally driving crazy to slam this guy around the walls in the back. Mm -hmm. And he died. So there were six officers. They were brought up on charges. Not one. And there was tried separately, by the way, not all at once. None of them were convicted. One had a mistrial. The rest were uh, exonerated, and then they dropped the rest of the charges. So it's like, let's say that the grand jury process is completely messed up. It still went to trial, and a jury judged unanimously that these guys were not responsible. 
Yeah, right. So, I mean, there is. That, that, that's not a problem with the police and it's not a problem with the prosecutor. It's like what the average person who's a juror believes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty interesting. Um, that's a good. So I don't know. I mean, you've you've kind of come in as the, the numbers guy. So I don't mm-hmm. I don't have this number at my fingertips, but it would be an interesting one to find out of the police uh murder trials that actually go to trial what you know how often are they convicted versus in a normal yeah i wish i had that i i do not know that i i know that it's extraordinarily rare even for situations where like as an outsider you see the video and you think that it's open and shut yeah and maybe this is they have advantages at trial like they do with the grand jury but yeah, no, I, I'm know, actually whatever, not sure. What, whatever the a, reasons. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure what, what that is. Uh, I mean, and I can, I can understand that. And outside of you know, very, uh, like ridiculous scenario, you know, like not <coughs> as bad as the, the, uh, this Floyd, uh, murder was. Mm-hmm. You still yeah. like the police were called and asked to come there. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. not like in a I think a lot of homicides by regular civilians. I mean, it's just like a hundred percent offensive, you know, first mm-hmm. degree murder or whatever. Or there's just, you know, maybe that argument like where it's like, God, I mean, you know, you're basically like drawing and I'm not I'm not saying I, I subscribe to this, but again, I feel like I can sympathize with being on the jury that yeah it's like ah, you know where, where are we drawing this line like the cop is here to do his job he's doing his job he's doing his job and then all of a sudden he murdered this person like right and and these moments actually you know happened quite close together um yeah. and this guy was the backup um, the mm. the guy that actually killed Floyd, he was not the first. The two police on the scene, yeah, he came after. I guess he had started. Not not to say that they're going to get off, but I, I guess the point is, is I can almost kind of see how you could see that, even in this case where it seems so blatant, you know. But then you can mm-hmm. still add the context of like, man, you know, like, you know. I mean, I think for us, it's. I don't know if we said this last last episode, but I think there. Uh, I mean, like, there's sort of imagine there were private police, right? Let's just say they they eight can't wait wins, and mm-hmm. there's no more police, and we're this the voluntarist, uh, you know, uh, age is upon us, and you know, so we have private police and. <clears throat> somebody you know you you say you call your security uh team and say this guy you know passed me a com- you know counterfeit whatever bill and he left with the cigarettes and he won't give them back basically it's mm-hmm. like what it's effectively what happened i mean <clears throat> you can kind of see like they can't re- like restrain this guy you know they can't restrain mm-hmm. floyd they can't kidnap him and put him in a cage you know they have no like you can't just say oh well this person said that so like i I, and i've i've had i 
I find private police to be one of the most interesting part of being a voluntarist and the sort of lush ground to like kind of just imagine what it would be like. And I feel like it where I've gone with this normally is is to say like essentially you would say okay well you know this person has this complaint you know we're gonna bring you know we're gonna bring this in front of the judge on this day like so you know be there if you want to represent yourself um and you know if you don't we'll figure it out but at some point you have the sort of judge that is the you know sort of presides over these types of things and the judge decides that yeah yeah okay here's the video you know whatever let's just say boom yeah this guy had it was a counterfeit thing so he should i mean it's it sounds it's it it is pretty funny because what you're talking about is a freaking pack of cigarettes so like so this judge is like are you kidding me i'm hearing this case about a pack of cigarettes but okay uh yeah he he owes you like real money which uh, in that world would probably be silver and gold or something <laughs> uh, <laughs> for the cigarettes so a little little like shaving of uh you know silver or a little you mm-hmm. know a few grams and and that's it and if he doesn't pay you know i mean think about all the money think about all the creditors that you owe money to that that they have no legal recourse and they just sort of bother the shit out of you and try to get you to yeah. pay. Like you don't it like, like it's like you don't have to have the threat of like we're going to put you in a cage, you know, especially for something as minor as this. And I and I feel like with the government police like that escalation is just always on the table. It doesn't matter if it's as minor as you know, a pack of cigarettes, like, they'll kill right. you. doesn't matter what it is. Jaywalking. If, I mean, they'll kill you. What? Yeah, whatever Whatever the thing that it starts with. Yeah. If you decide that you want to resist or you're not going to go along with it, that, that was always on the table. Deadly force is yeah. always going to be on the table. And I feel like in the private police world, it would never be on the table because those police are subject to all the same laws as everybody else. And so mm-hmm. unless they have the okay you know, from a, a judge, and I've often wondered about this too. You know, like let's say somebody did take your property, like you know, I don't know, they took your TV and it's in their house. And event, you know, eventually, you know, you convince a judge, which that's a whole other level of private, you know, private judge. But let's just keep that to the to the side. Maybe another another episode. But the um. The judge rules. Yes, this is like here's my receipts. I, you know, I never sold it to this guy. You know, he claims I sold it to him in this date, but he can't produce any documentation of it. And uh, you know, I was out of town. Whatever. You know, so he proves the case. The judge, the guy, never comes to court because kind of like he, you know, whatever. He just doesn't. So what's the recourse there? It's like okay, this sort of private judge has said that's your property. You know, so can I kick in your door and take my TV off your wall? Um, and then I guess it becomes like, what is the actual, infor- like, what's the penalty? I've always thought of it as the way the laws would, it's like people would subscribe to this sort of kind of package deal of, or, or these judges and 
you know, the security forces would work with them or whatever. And then like if this judge said, you know, okay, this person is like has stolen property and right now they're like flagged red, like they haven't returned it. So when they come in, you know, report them like don't like that is there's some sort of like kind of agreement that is voluntary between people in a community and these judges that it's like you know when these judges because presumably these judges are actually good at what they do you know because it's a free market you could have judges competing for this um and then it would be something like that you know i I, i've thought about that as a possible solution Mm -hmm. as like a almost like a flagging of this person's identity and then the community would essentially be like you know if you have this red flag like you are not you can't come in in no one's gonna do business with you until you I thought that would be now. Obviously, you you always have like murder out there as you know the sort of like outstanding. I mean, it, it, what's the you know how do you deal with that? But I don't know. We could spend we could spend three hours discussing <laughs> what policing would look like, and there's some good books on that too. I don't think that I've read any of them, but I've seen some of them around. So maybe we'll save that topic. Yeah. The only for another uh, time. What, the what only, policing and judging would look like. Yeah. Did you ever read For a New Liberty? That that was one that like kind no. of it it did some. It's a Murray Rothbard book. It's a pretty easy read okay. too. That's like the the full. For New Liberty, I guess, is like the full, you know, voluntarist, like, start to finish. Like, this is how I think it would be. Um, but it's not like, you know, it, it's a relatively fast read. Anyway, so, yeah, we a uh, little bit of a deep <laughs> dive, but coming back up for air. Um, okay. I like well, it. you know, that, we should discuss that at some point, but let's just save it for another day. Okay, so okay. Let's, zip, let's zip through these eight things so we can just put them on the table. Because most of them are fine. Uh, mm-hmm. Van Chokehold's. Uh, require de-escalation that means like you know using like the minimum uh level or you're trying to calm people down rather than amp them up uh require warning before shooting uh sometimes seems like a good idea maybe in some circumstances would be a terrible idea yeah uh, i would imagine once you've been shot at you don't need to. yeah yeah hopefully that's <laughs> I in will, there i I'd... will return fire yeah <laughs> Uh, ex- requires exhaust all alternatives before shooting. The devil there is, of course, in the details, like what right. encompasses all alternatives, you know? Yeah, some uh, of these are, are better than others, for sure. Yeah. Duty to intervene, that one makes a lot of sense. Uh, in fact, in this particular case, you know, that is the one that's most responsive probably to this particular circumstance because he had other people there backing him up. And there were civilians around, or I shouldn't say civilians, but there were non-police around uh, telling the police officer, like, the guy needs help. Stop doing what you're doing. And he didn't listen to any of them. Yeah. And so duty intervene basically yeah. means if you're if you're a fellow officer and you're there and you think your colleague is doing something wrong, you should stop him and you have a duty to stop him. And you can't you will be held responsible if you don't. Yeah. Um, to me, that makes a lot of sense. You know, every, these guys should be operating by the same rules, and they shouldn't be like our team against the public. It should be we're trying to end this without someone getting more hurt than they need to. Yeah. Uh, Say, so ban shooting at moving vehicles uh, seems pretty reasonable. Seems like there's a lot that can go wrong there in most cases. Uh, maybe there's some reasonable exceptions. Uh, require use of force continuum. I, I don't. I didn't look at the details on that. <laughs> I don't but, know I mean, what that it, means. 
Usually it means it's similar. I think it's not the same as de-escalation because that's more psychological. Use of force continuum is you have to use, you know, physical force before you see like your taser before you use your gun or something like uh. that. Uh, so it's, it's like you, your force can't go from nothing to shooting. Yeah. Um, and then comprehensive reporting. <clears throat> this is mainly for people who fear that, you know, we're not capturing the statistics that show X or Y degree of bias uh, in a neighborhood or in a racial group. Yeah. So like reporting is generally not going to be uh, a bad thing. Um, yeah. So it seems mostly unobjectionable. So the uh, big issue with all this is mm-hmm. what I mean. So the the actual issue right the actual movement is black lives matter and there's nothing about race in this so it's like they which is why i liked it (laughs) right right but i i mean i i get it but like the it to me they still i mean you you know everything is about how white people have to be allies you know it's just flooding social media right now it's all race yeah. thing cops are, are disproportionately killing black people you know people are going so as far as it's talking about there's a genocide by the police on the black community i mean it's all race it, it's it's un like i've never as bad as it's been for you know mm. at some point in the obama years i feel like the sort of race baiting race tension started ratcheting up yeah it's is that th- these last this last week or 10 days uh i mean it it, uh, it it's absolutely at a crescendo well let's hope it's a crescendo because i mean i if this isn't the crescendo the crescendo i feel like is like an actual race war right. <laughs> I, I don't know where you go after destroying you know uh, having you know riots in like hundreds of cities simultaneously um and then to but not I, have a single like okay like let's just give them the benefit of the doubt regardless some of it's yeah. vague or whatever let's say this reduces the the murders by half mm-hmm. this changes nothing there's like it, assuming that the racial uh you know uh distribution is the same let's say there was a thousand last year there's 500 Mm -hmm. this year literally nothing changes it's the the argument is that they are killed at a rate 2.5 times higher black black uh people are killed but 2.5 times higher than white people and i don't see how the eight can't wait addresses this at all I can let me let me give a generous interpretation. Right. Let's assume let's assume that they're right that this number is disproportionate because there is racial animus on the part of the police. If you do things like duty to intervene and use of force continuum might not apply when they were say arresting a white person, but if they have stringent requirements to do these things, then that might compensate for the racial animus and reduce the ratio. That's so th- so how about that? I am unconvinced. Well, okay. especially the force yes. continue. Now, I could say maybe duty to intervene because you would say, okay, you know, especially if you subscribe if you to the it's idea, a minority, right? right then yeah. you have three not racist cops. But I mean, is that really like what's going to go on in somebody's head? I, I mean, if if though, I I mean, like. 
all those cops, were they all racist or were they not? Because they didn't have the duty to intervene, nobody decided to take their knee off. Like, to say, mm. like, bro, keep I your fucking knee yeah. off his neck. Like, you just, you gotta, you know, just mm. just a little push. Just a little, boop, you know, a little shove. Hey, can I talk to you? I got this. You know, whatever, anything. You can be clever, right? But, uh, you know... I, I mean, I'm I saw sure a video. Uh, I saw a video of that in New York City. Uh, a cop was doing literally the same thing that happened to George Floyd to mm-hmm. to someone that he had grabbed, and he had his knee right on his neck. And another cop comes up and he's like, "No, no, 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 no!" He pushes him away. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like they, you know, you act like it's it's like the touching a third rail for them to mm-hmm. disagree ever. You know, <laughs> to police. I, I mean, yeah. I disagree with my coworkers and the next day we still show up to work. And I mean, I realize that maybe the stakes are higher you right. know, out there, but, but that, so, that was my main, you know, contention. And I, I too, like you was sort of happy that at least there was something. Yeah. But honestly, I think that it would satisfy, I, I, even though it isn't, strictly speaking responsive to the the particular racial complaint here i think that for the people who are out in the streets if you say we are doing these specific things in response to your concerns i think that it would make them make them happier and reduce the the tension so anything on here that i don't object to like there isn't anything of these eight that i'm set would say this is a really terrible idea we definitely shouldn't do it yeah, so, right. So that's so, so, that's a big difference compared to almost everything else that we're ever shown by any group. <laughs> by any activist group, I usually think the things they put are awful. And the vague things at the top are awful, but these things are not. But so you want to, my objection is I have this other data set, uh, which is from the campaign zero use of force. So what if I told you that they maintain a list of, oh, it's got to be at least 40 metro areas and most of them have at least 50% of these already. Oh, yeah, yeah. I did hear some of that about this. And I did want to say something, too, about Campaign Zero. I mean, who mm-hmm. are they? It's just, I don't know, there's two guys. I mean, this isn't Black Lives Matter. You know what I mean? Like, this yeah. also feels like some marketing agency just, like, put this thing together. But I guess you're saying Campaign Zero has actually been operating for a little while. And I don't know. I, I don't vouch for them. I don't know anything about them. All I'm doing is saying I'm taking the data that they have produced at face value. Yeah. And the data that they produce shows that for these eight things – Many of them are already implemented. And to me, what that means is whatever stats you have that says, oh, if we implement this, we'll get Y percent. And I saw someone say 75 percent. I don't believe that for a second. But even if it was true, is this already most? Yeah. Is this the figure where like Charlotte has 100 percent? Oh, no, no. I'm sorry. This is body. Uh, I see. No, they they do different stuff. I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm sorry. Keep keep going. I was looking at a body cam thing. Yeah, uh, Philadelphia has all of them except for comprehensive reporting, and there was still a pretty big protest in right. Philadelphia. Yeah, yeah. And people still get killed in Philly. And yeah. I don't think that if you ask those protesters if they think the police are treating them equitably, they would say yes. Right. So now so, there so, were. No, it's, I it's, think there it's were not a panacea yeah. or anything. And there the other were, thing is that. This would need to be implemented in all the different cities separately because these are all like local rules. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. It's a big. Yeah, they. Uh, I think there were two police murders in England or in London, and they still they rioted. 
yeah not nearly as bad but you know i mean i guess solidarity uh and one of them was a terrorist that was like trying to bomb a bridge i think so oh and there was only one other person in the entire year uh the mm. police had killed over there but they still are going crazy screaming at the cops calling them pigs like Jesus. i saw that it was pretty terrible but mm. we have enough problems here for us to cover right right <laughs> Okay, so so that's like a decent overview. So overall, I'd say I'm glad that there's some specifics here. I have some questions whether or not they would be like really effective at moving the stats. But I do think that it's possible that if some of these were implemented, it would satisfy some of the protesters, and that wouldn't be a bad thing. Um, so uh, what would you like to discuss next, uh, Mattis or uh, the New York Times? Uh... Or the incipient Maoism of our country? <laughs> let's uh we could I, hey i don't know i mean the maddest thing i think we can just hit really really quick you know sure so uh jim mattis uh former marine corps general former secretary of defense uh for trump left some time ago and he put out a statement some how long ago did he leave pat do you remember it's a while ago yeah i so i, I must have corresponded with you know the kind of when they were claiming that Trump was abandoning the Kurds. I'm pretty sure that was the timing of it. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So, and also I'll put on his resume uh, or his CV, my favorite part, which is former board member for Theranos, the uh, fraudulent uh, bio company. (laughs) Mad dog Mattis. And he, he stuck up for them too. He made sure that uh, they kept going even when, so he had one of his, uh, uh, people working for him saying this company was was BS that it was nothing and uh-huh. he kept pushing the projects forward oh and then God. later he was on their board so great so uh, so there's that um, but we'll just talk about his statement for now and not his possible bad business judgment yeah uh, so the <clears throat> statement is confusing to me um, because it's basically about the protests that are going on right now which as i said last time in my mind don't have an awful lot to do with anything going on at the federal level right uh now his criticism that trump is not a uniter and he says very divisive things all the time is of course true yeah but i have a very strong doubt that there is anything he could say which would appreciably change the situation so why come out and issue a statement like this now that basically says like trump could be doing better to unite people when you know like whatever you say he's not that's not going to change a and b mm-hmm. he's done so much worse things why would yeah. you come up with the statement on this now right <laughs> so what's going on there pat why don't you tell me what you think and then i'll then i'll tell you what i think i mean i think this is just what it's been the entire time it's the i think it's just the deep state versus donald trump and mm. as far as why i mean i think it i think it depends on how much uh credit you want to give trump um like do you actually think he wants to pull out of different wars in the middle east uh you know i i, I don't know but you know it yeah you're it's a we, we're in a tough position right because we're literally like um de- when they talk about uh isn't, isn't there like an analogy about 
like when you're trying imagine trying to figure out the rules of chess by just like watching two people play chess i, mm-hmm. I mean i feel like um you know that's a bit of you know what we're doing um yeah that's true and you can't run any experiments i mean you can't do anything you just sort of have to sit there and watch and and we'll never know and it's it's a bunch of liars just lying on all sides mm-hmm. <laughs> so so okay. who knows but uh i would assume that um most yeah like i, I trump's foreign policy it's you know particularly in the middle east has been you know all over the map which is a great improvement over like pure death that we've seen like in the two previous presidents right like just starting wars mm-hmm. um i would say that that you know in in a, in his own wacky way he's somehow been a you know a slight improvement um right uh but he came in talking like a big game you know, yes. he came in accusing Obama and Hillary of funding ISIS and arming ISIS, which I believe is probably true. I think once ISIS be- walked across the border into Syria, they became the uh, moderate rebels. And then mm-hmm. they started giving them guns, which and they could go back into Iraq. You know, there is some just complete lunacy going on there. So, I, you know, I don't think he was off base or anything with that. Now, was it just BS? Like, for instance, the way he talked about the Fed. I mean, he pretty much, you know, uh, diagnosed the whole 2008 bubble. He said it's a fake recovery. Talked about the Fed, you know, the interest rates. And then when he came in the office, he completely did a 180. Yeah. Um, as most presidents do, right? Most uh, presidents that I, I would say that probably in my lifetime, probably every president that I got elected out of the last two standing, they were probably the most anti-war of the two. You know, Trump certainly was. Obama certainly was. Bush actually is original campaign. Like yes, his first, I know. Yes. He was also, you know, so and I. I, yeah, I, I don't know. It, it's interesting. It's like what the people want. So, you know, you see this all. And, and in summary, I have no idea what actually is inside of Donald Trump's head. But for whatever reason, I would say the difference is they went after him, you know, the FBI and, uh, you know, other, I mean, mainly the FBI investigating him, but certainly also the military have been extremely, like, negative on him from from day one um Mm -hmm. so i think it's just a continuation i think it's an attempt to you know uh, i i mean i think everything is about the elections coming up okay so who knows so that's why mattis wrote this because he wants trump to lose the election basically is what you're saying yeah i think so i mean that's right again like yes like let's say like it's a soft opinion like you know okay uh without much uh, i i don't but i don't really believe um it has to have any real connection to reality to be strategic okay. for them and i think that okay i wouldn't put it past somebody like you know mattis to just say uh you know whatever's necessary regardless of if it's okay. reality but what do you think i think that this is so I would think that there is no way he is more upset about Trump's tweets with respect to the riots than he was about the reason he resigned. If he was going to say something about that, he would have said it then. Mm-hmm. 
this statement is of a kind of several others that I've seen in the last few days. I've seen a number of different people come up and say, oh, I don't know what's going to happen to me when I say this. All I got to say is I support the protesters and Black Lives Matter. Mm -hmm. Like people who live in a bubble where no is absolutely 0.0 people would object to them saying that acting like they're going out on some limb. Yeah. <laughs> by, by coming out and saying this, I saw academics saying this. I saw this guy, John Boyega, who was the, the in the new Star Wars movies. It's like you're a famous you're like a world famous actor. You think getting up on a podium at a protest and saying you support one that's like overwhelmingly popular is going to like lose you any fans. What are you talking about? Yeah, these are all all this is start to finish is these people patting themselves on the back for their their woke views yeah then that's all that's all it is it has nothing to do with the situation on the ground whatsoever it's an opportunity for them to look in the mirror and say i did a really great thing and this the reason why he put it out for this is because he knows this is something where people are going to slap him on the back when he goes to goes to parties and say boy weren't you right about that any of these other issues there's actually two sides to them that are they're at these things and they might be upset at him Less, much less so with this. He's mm -hmm. setting himself up for some great corporate level gigs where this is the mindset there start to finish. And this yeah. is how he distances himself from Trump so he can get some of these big dollar gigs. Now, I hate to say that about a guy who, you know, served our country honorably. And I'm sure in his own head, it's probably not like that. But I've seen way too many of these things. They all read exactly the same. Every single email you get from a CEO about this protest reads exactly like this letter. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I could show you one from the, the mutual fund company that I work with. And it's just like he talks the whole thing. It's like I have never heard from you in my life. What makes you think that I'm interested in your uninformed view on this? And then at the end, you're going to tell me these few causes you made a few donations to. Oh, great. This is like. I'm sure you did a really great thing here. I'm really proud of you, person I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, We, I, I've gotten that at, from my company. My company is, like, relatively small, you know, like 150 mm -hmm. people. Um, but, you know, we have a CEO, and I try to empathize a bit with him in the sense of, or sympathize, whatever, and just, like, I mean, the guy's got to say something, right? He's the CEO. We're small enough that people do know who he is, and... Mm -hmm. uh, and it was fine. He sent an email, and then they had like a, our all hands meeting. And uh, the the kind of amusing thing was they. So our CEO is a cis white male. Our mm -hmm. uh, COO, the next speaker, was a. So the CEO started off, you know, this big, you know, okay. heartfelt like, oh my god, this is so tough. And uh, honestly, like I kind of had the volume down. I mean, it was sort of gross. I couldn't, I couldn't really stand it. <laughs> Then the CEO started talking, COO, cis white male. Then the CFO, yes. cis white male. And then once they were done speaking, then they opened it up for any black people that wanted to talk. But they oh had, my God. the white men had to set the stage. And we have a black VP who is actually like objectively... He is the most important person in our com company. Like he built yeah. the the lion's share of our software. Um, you know, he's been there a really long time. Eighty five percent of our revenue comes from his app, and he's like mm. the core developer. You know, the whole. It's mm -hmm. like if if he died, we, we would be out of business. Like we, you know what I mean? <laughs> like that's like yeah. one of the fears. It's like 
yeah, we, you know, we are like working on decentralizing this knowledge. Like we've got to get it, you know? And, uh, I mean, and he spoke and it, you know, it was nice and everything. And the, the thing is, is as bad as it was, I, I actually really like the company and I think the company is, is really great. And it is, you know, it's diverse, um, certainly compared to other tech companies, you know, and, and it's, I don't know. It's a weird place to be because they sort of were talking about how we want to make this a we want to make a safe space like and they were talking like specifically on this call but also in general but like it's a safe space so you can you know really like say what you feel or whatever so it's like well i mean it's safe not for me like i can't tell that to james demore from google yeah oh right 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 yeah yeah you know they made a forum specifically for discussing views and then you say it and you're out like this this is what i mean when i say maoism it's like i don't even want to start this i don't even want to start this topic now because the parallels are way too close and it's just one amazing thing after another that is exactly the way it looked there i I mean i want to promise that we can get at least touch on it quickly i mean could we touch on i do want to say that essentially you're saying that mattis is virtue signaling um, yes, <laughs> that's that's yeah. like really you're, you're, around the you're way accusing about Mad Dog Mattis of virtue signaling. <laughs> Absolutely, I am. <laughs> oh man, yeah, uh, yeah. I absolutely. I think uh, the insipid Maoism is uh, knocking Basi- at our door, or maybe it's already in. I mean, basically, what do you think would happen to your CEO if he made no statement or made one that was mildly critical? Oh yeah, I, I. He'd be out. Oh yeah. So this is not about this is not about views, okay? And it's not. And even if he said everything that was factually correct, he would still be in deep, deep trouble. Mm-hmm. Okay. This is about getting people to comply, and there is an edifice that has been built up over the last few years. There have been like a few flashpoints, like happened at Evergreen State College. I'm, you may be familiar with what happened there. Uh, uh, where basically, I don't think so, or maybe I don't I'll know. Give, I'll give, give you the thirty-second version. Oh my God, uh, I do know, but give the thirty-second yeah. version because I'm sure the nobody. The thirty-second version of it is they have a tradition at this school called Day of Absence. It's inspired by a play. In the play, uh, African Americans, blacks, uh, don't go to work or don't go into town for a period of time to show everybody in the town how they're an important part of the community and that they sh- their contribution should be valued. Great seems like a fine idea for raising awareness then one year they decided that instead of having the day of absence what they would do was say that no one besides minorities were allowed to come to campus Mm -hmm. as a result one of the professors brett weinstein said he had a big problem with this and that there's a big difference between these two things uh one is voluntary in showing what people are contributing to the community and the other is not voluntary and is backed up by threat Mm -hmm. and as a result he was hounded in the hallways screamed at by people eventually it became the case that people were looking around the campus for him literally with baseball bats and the campus police told him that they weren't going to be able to protect him and that he had to leave campus immediately (laughs) 
eventually he resigned he got a settlement out of the university but basically his career at this university was over he was run out by the undergraduates there's a ton of video for this that you can see on youtube where the president of the university is basically locked in his office by the students asking permission to go to the bathroom yeah okay so so you've got stuff like that and uh -huh. there's it, it sounds and it looks exactly like the kind of stuff you heard about in China. Now, I don't want to yeah. diminish things. Obviously, in China, there you had the state literally killing people. Right. But the the struggle sessions where you would be because a lot of that stuff in China was, quote unquote, voluntary. They would bring you in. They would have all of your colleagues and coworkers scream at you until you admitted your wrongs, wrote them down, and then you would be forgiven. Yeah. But the key thing was compliance and to admit that you were wrong. Yeah. Any protestation was used as evidence against you. Yeah, I actually heard somebody making this comparison today. I think it was mm. Tom Woods and I think maybe Dave Smith, but uh, making the comparison from students in in China, uh, I guess during like the Maoist revolution or whatever, reporting their teachers yeah. and workers today reporting their CEOs and just funny that you, uh, or their higher ups. You yeah. Know? It's exactly the same thing. Uh, other comparisons very similar have been made to like what Russia looked like before the revolution. Uh, there was an interesting article in the Wall Street Journal, and uh, I think this guy's a professor. He said a joke, and he said, 20 years ago, this is a quote, I used to get a laugh from my students by quoting a Soviet, uh, by quoting a Soviet citizen I talked to once. He said to me, quote, of course we have freedom of speech. We just don't allow people to lie. That used to get a big laugh. Now they don't laugh anymore. <laughs> and oh. The obvious ridiculousness of that statement is now like lost because th there are legitimately a lot of people out there that think you can have freedom of speech while just stopping the bad speech. Like yeah. this is a view that is becoming more widely held. Yeah. Um, it happened really, really quickly. I, I, I yes. couldn't believe when freedom of speech became something on the table uh, to debate i i, I just they, didn't expect that in my lifetime not in not it, years. it was a it was a slow burn it started with like strict definitions of what might be called hate speech things that approached true threats mm -hmm. and then it moved on to speech that was merely like aggressive or condescending or rude towards particular groups and now it's you will toe the line or we will come into your office flood your business with calls call your boss make sure that your career is ended yeah and that's you know they also call this cancel culture but right right right, right. in my in my view if you look at evergreen that's not cancel culture that's legitimate like threats of violence and the people who are supposed to be keeping the peace failing to intervene when they're supposed to because they were told to stand down by the university president yeah i've seen it um also uh in the um just like on social media or whatever you'll see uh pictures you, that somebody was videoing a guy taking a picture of presumably his girlfriend standing in front of like a burned out building mm -hmm. and people <clears throat> we're just going crazy. Oh, what you know, try basically like literally like actively in the comments trying to figure out who she was, what you know, because they want to like go after her. And it's like what I mean, for what penalty? For what? Yeah. Yeah. Like 
Maybe she lives in the neighborhood and it's like her store and you fucking burned it down. Like you don't know anything. Maybe you should Yeah, maybe you should just mind your own business. <laughs> like if this is the thing if this is a thing that you the only thing you have to worry about, like these internet sleuths, it's just Oh, I it's wish. just awful, and it's, and it's escalating, and it's escalating, and it's the thing is, Pat, it isn't just happening in these small little places, and the 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 reason, the thing we're not going to get to today is, it is tied in with what's happening at like the major cultural institutions, like the New York Times, and the response to the op-ed that that uh, the Senator Cotton made that was eventually now has led to the. Uh, firing of the uh, guy who runs the op-ed page it's the idea that the new york times despite having run op-eds from the momar Gaddafi, the taliban vladimir putin that an op-ed by a sitting senator saying what the things he believed shouldn't be published because we can't give a platform to such dangerous ideas mm. yeah it isn't about factual inaccuracy because none of those things were brought up initially or even later on. I still haven't seen one. I read this op-ed. It is no in no way conflating protesters with rioters. Uh, it is this is an absurdity start to finish, and it is happening at the places where large fractions of the people are going to get their news, and these ideas are spreading. When I saw what happened at Evergreen, I thought, there's no way this could happen. All I could think of was when I went to university, if I went to a professor and just started getting a few of my buddies and screaming, screaming in their face, <laughs> blocking them in their office, I would have expected to be kicked off campus permanently. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's wild. It's wild that there's no... Attempt, uh, right, at a, in a situation like that, right, where you have a large group, like, okay, so granted, right, you're not going to suspend or expel every one of them from school, but, like, I feel like the normal tactic is you find, you, you know, say these were the leaders and make an mm -hmm. example of them and you sort of move on. But clearly, like, the leadership of the school won't, do that you know there there's right. sort of this lack of of uh will and again i mean i don't i don't you know do you so the question that comes up in my mind is i mean do you think that this is just happening naturally or do you think that there is a concerted effort from some people group of people or something to kind I of continue to push this I'm, my hope is that it is just one of these moral panics that happens from time to time. I mean, in the in the 80s, everyone was saying D&D &D caused people right. to ch sacrifice children, that there were all these preschools where young children were being murdered and abused. None of it ever happened. Yeah. It was a hysteria, and people really did go to jail for long periods because of this on the flimsiest of evidence. And then, like SARS, it just went away. <laughs> right. Yeah, I, I, so, uh, yeah, I, I was actually talking about that last night about how everybody was crazy about the devil worshippers back in the eighties. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it seems so quaint, doesn't it? Right, but it also never like, had the teeth like this. I mean, it. it people was, really like, did go to jail for it. I don't see any. I didn't actually see any professors go to jail yet for for being uh, convicted of hate crimes yet. It's come close in some places, but people who ran these preschools really did go to prison 
Right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, I didn't believe that, but they've also, I mean, I would say these recent riots have taken it to a level here to four never seen. Um, I don't think most of those people embrace this kind of thinking. I think this is, this is a thinking that occurs mostly at these elite institutions, at universities and stuff. So I, Let's slip this in. I mentioned you uh, mentioned this to you before that I just did my own little, uh, you know, uh, quick little uh, survey of Facebook friends, and yes. and I just went through, you know, like a random select, not not truly random. I basically just started at the A's and went down for a while mm-hmm. until I I uh, just stopped and i found that 41 out of 112 people have posted something regarding the riots or black lives matter like since the murder of uh floyd Mm -hmm. and also now i don't know what what you find is a lot of the people i think that leaves 71 people Mm -hmm. um so more than a third of people have posted of my friends have posted and were any of them negative uh if so like one or two um i would say you know and do you think that's reflective of the general opinion of the public one to (laughs) forty No, it isn't. Oh, no. So that just tells right. you people people are self censuring because they know mm-hmm. what will happen to them. Yeah, if they go too far in expressing their disagreement. Right, and with now the I'll say this. Moment. You know, to to say I'll say this too. Out of the seventy one people, a a good portion of them are people that probably just have accounts and like don't even really use it. So who knows? So it's they higher, could be yeah. they could be either you know they could be either side. Um, Mm -hmm. and, but yeah, yeah. I mean, nobody, you know, I have a friend that I've been talking to a good bit about this and she has tons of, you know, like liberal, very liberal friends. And yeah, I mean, she's, I mean, and she's not, she's a lot more friendly to that. You know, she's not like a voluntarist. She's not reading, you know, for a new Liberty on her days (laughs) off. You know what I mean? Like, uh, but you know, she i mean she's like yeah i mean there's no doubt like there's there's no doubt that the that the aggression lies on the left you know yeah. to her and 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 it's not something that you know she whenever she states something kind of like you're saying doesn't matter how grounded in reality you know how mm-hmm. backed up you know whatever it doesn't have to be racist it, it's just like you know I mean, we're yeah. basically white supremacists. Like this podcast is a absolute like beacon of white supremacy, basically, to these people. You know, some people would some people would say that I, you know, it's, this, it's this so it's yeah. such a low bar at this yeah. point. Yeah, I mean, it's like what you know. I mean, we could discuss eight can't wait and say how we agree with all eight of them. Uh, but you're still gonna be a white supremacist. Yeah, somehow, like because who cares what you think, like. How dare you, like, even say, you know, like, as if we need your approval, you know, it'd be like that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, yeah, it, it, the thing that struck me was, it was a, it was actually a higher number than I expected. And Mm -hmm. I think that it's like the fervor on the left, you know, like, let's say this, right, out of 112 people, 
if you just took a random selection of 112 people, would more than a third, would 41 of them even be all like Democrat? Like, I don't know what percentage of people like actually are Democrats. Mm. Uh, but, you know, I, I, I don't know. But what I'm saying is I think that like anybody on that side is, you know, the maybe, maybe I can do another I can do some more more uh, studies. I I've done this from yeah. time to time in the in the. I, I found it very interesting to like look at my own because this is what is delivering the information to a lot of people. Is Absolutely. this vehicle? And I think it's interesting to at least see because I can't see what yours looks like. You know, nobody can see what, mm-hmm. he, but I can at least report what mine does. So it'd be interesting to see what percentage of Democrats uh, or people that sort of lean left have actually posted. And I, yes. uh, I, sus- I suspect it's very high, you know, like going mm. through that 112 people, there wasn't like a lot of big surprises. You yeah. Know? So anyway, uh, but yeah, it's, it's very effective. Um, and it's interesting because, you know, you're getting delivered. It's the message not from the source, you know? It's like your friends are just these proxies. So you can argue with them all day, but you're not really arguing with whomever is creating this. So, Mm -hmm. But anyway, hopefully you're right. I think you tend to be less alarmist than me, so, you know, (laughs) it's probably nice to to have that. Um, I don't know if you want to... You want to say anything else about this, or or should we... No, I think that's a good good closing point. That's a good closing point. It might not be as bad as it seems. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, but it might be a lot worse. It might be. (laughs) Cool. Wouldn't be on the theme of the podcast if it weren't... Didn't say that at the end. Right. Right, right. Yeah, no hope, right? I mean, that's no. the there. There is no hope, lest we forget. Uh, cool. Well, thanks for coming out uh, or calling me or whatever, joining this Google Meet meeting with me. Uh, and we will. I, I mean, I'm I'm liking this this weekend thing. Uh, I, you know, I'm not sure what will happen after the pandemic or if I actually take any vacation this year um, that would put a pause on it but hopefully we can keep up this this rhythm and and maybe occasionally I'll sprinkle in a solo episode there you go cool thanks Pat. all right uh, see you later everybody peace